0: What is your
1: profession? Welcome to OCR Audio
0: with your hosts, Luke and Jack.
2: Excellent. So post OCR WC in Essex, uh, myself and Jack were on site. Uh, Jack was there on the 3K, you were there on the Friday, Jack? Friday,
0: yeah, Friday afternoon.
2: And um, we were both there on the Saturday to see the classic 15K race um, as spectators, not competitors this time. It was uh, a different feeling being there as a spectator, watching everybody race, but it was uh, it was pretty good. I really liked the atmosphere. How did you find it, Jack?
0: Yeah, um, Bit. I'd made a decision well, three or four months ago, and I think you had as well, that we weren't going to race, um, which is going to be a tough decision, because any race, um, when I get there, I'm always like, oh, I wish I could race. But for once, I actually quite enjoyed watching it and taking it all in from a different pers- perspective. Um, I've never done a world championship, not an obstacle, rig-heavy championship, so, and I know I hadn't really done much training for it, and so it was a good choice for me just to to watch and do a bit of media work, you know. Um, first thoughts when a very fair turn turned up was like, This is going to be a nuclear course. I wasn't even though I wasn't racing it, I didn't think it'd be a good race. I was mistaken. Um, jumping forward quite a lot, it was you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought they'd done a really good job of what they had, mm-hmm. There's room for improvements, don't get me wrong, but in general, I actually thought it was a very good race. From a spectator point of view, I like the fact that you could um, get to each obstacle quite easy. Um, silly little things like the tent they put up, uh, made very good, obstacle. Um, sorry, spectating the obstacles well. So yeah, in that sense, I think they've done a really good job.
2: Yeah, definitely, they did a great thing by bringing that massive tent in, um, having a main focal point where people could also sit. Um, it had two of the rig-based obstacles in the tent, so you could actually watch some of the races come through, which I thought was a great, great idea. Um, also, this where they did the presentations and a few other little bits. They had the merch shop and the timing area in there, which just gave it that massive focal point. Um, the event village um, that they had was pretty decent. Um, warm showers, yeah. which a lot, a lot of the racers were quite grateful for. Um, the finish line right there at the entrance to kind of the event village which was pretty epic but all in all the course pretty spread out which was nice um, very flat muddy-ish but still quite runnable um, i think if you look in, you're looking you're going to go every obstacle and see what's out there there's probably a few obstacles that i would have removed From do you mean like the nuclear ones? Yeah, but I guess it is based at nuclear, so they obviously wanted some of the obstacles in there. They are challenging obstacles, but are they of a standard? standard? Yeah,
0: this is this is the the same old, same old, is it? You know, again, it's talking Uh, about standards. I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, like the death slide um, was in in it, and actually, I didn't hear too many people moan about the death slide. Fortunately, though, because we had a nice day, the weather was awesome, people were fun. If it had been a typical November British weather day, blizzards, freezing cold, that death slide would have been a completely different game changer. Yeah. But As it happened, it turned out to be an okay obstacle. Is it an OCR obstacle? Yeah, you know, and this is where you stand. Is it a fun side of things or is it competitive? Now, for me, it's a championship race. It should, be, it should test a skill. And for me, the slide does not test the skill, only your skill to put up with cold water. Um, mm-hmm. But again, that's an argument. We can have on a different day. But I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think if I was racing it, I would worry about some of the obstacles. But in general, I think they made up for it. With yeah. The layout was incredible. I like the course layout. And how they utilized the obstacles they did have coming in from other races.
2: Yeah, I think they did a great thing by getting the OCR series rig, and the Force Five rigs that they had there were different, um, really challenging ones by the looks of it. <clears throat> we went back on like the afternoon, watched some of the age groupers come through the Force Five rig under the tent, yeah, with the wheel and stuff, and to see a few people go through, get it wrong, go back through on the retry lane, and then make it through. It was. Really good to see that kind of stuff. So it was definitely a challenging course. It was not a um, first-time completion for everybody. I think quite a lot of people would have had to go back through and retry, but there was obviously a lot of people out there, and it was differing conditions throughout the day. Uh, When the pros went off, it was bitterly cold in the morning. When I got there at about 8, I was like, this is cold. I need a jacket. I need a jumper. This is England. Freezing. Um But then in the afternoon, when we went back round, I was walking in a t-shirt and it was quite warm. Yeah. So it was a it was probably one of the best weekends they could have done that race on because it was perfect weather. Um, and I did they did good overall. Then you're looking at John Alvin <laughs> stormed to double victory again. Yeah, uh, from this second and third podium point of view in the pros, it was great to see other people than the general people who are on those podium positions come through.
0: Yeah, a couple of Russians, a couple of Belgian guys, Tavolt, you know, OCR series champion.
2: Yeah.
0: um, Sergei did really well, the Russians.
2: Yeah, you had two Russian guys. One one got third on the 3K, um, who Sergei... I can't say his last name. Um, yeah Yep, so Pelaginia. Um he w- is the Spartan race European okay. champion. Um and they obviously came over to do the race, which was great to see. Um and then there was another Russian guy who came second in the fifteen K, which was out of nowhere.
0: Also um, Sergei Silin, is it?
2: Yes, Sergei Silin. Sillin. Um, so yeah, these kind of guys who are obviously Racing in Russia, I think they do a lot of the hero race.
1: I think um, they
0: caught John out a little bit. I think um, I think John admitted that he wasn't expected to be pushed quite so at the end as much as he actually was. I think he took the foot off the gas a little bit and then realised he wasn't that it wasn't far off him. So then no. he pick it up again.
2: Yeah, I think um, the distance at the end was about twenty-five, thirty seconds between John crossing the line and second and then Which third. Is
0: pretty much from the last tunnels that you had to go under. Yeah over the wall to the finishing line. So as long as you get to those tunnels first, you should have been okay.
2: Yeah, and he was fine. But it was a, yeah, a much more competitive race at the end. But it was great also on the female side of it. You had um, Nicole Merkel won the 3K, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that was a
0: really, really good race to watch. Um, obviously, Lindsay Webster there. You think, Lindsay, 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 Lindsay. Next thing you know bloody Rebecca Hammond, having the seizing of her life,
2: flies yeah.
0: out of the gates and has just got this incredible lead and you're thinking, oh, maybe it won't be Lindsay-Webster's day. <laughs> um, oh. The only thing that really, really let, Nicole, uh, sorry, let uh, Rebecca. Rebecca down was just her insufficient on obstacles, like she's so, I think it's the experience, like her running is top-notch, it's incredible. But when she was getting to some of the obstacles, and I think this is a lot of the Americans are finding this, they weren't quite sure the best way to tackle some of the obstacles. The rigs, yeah, but things like Weaver caught a lot of people out. Like, yeah. technique-based on Weaver. Uh, the rings, I know, caught out uh, Ryan Atkins and and Webster. Just little things like that, and you know five seconds on each obstacle, someone like Nicole Miracle and Lindsay Webster is gonna eat into that as they run, you know?
2: Yeah, well, it's, I think some of the obstacles as well, In America, kind of some of the international places, they don't have some of these obstacles, Um, especially if your season has been generally Spartan races. It's very different to come to a very technical obstacle. You've got ninja rings and you've got like a weaver. The weaver's pretty easy obstacle once you know exactly what you need to do to move your body. Um, I can see why running up to it, you'd think, Am I going under this? Am I going over it? The first time I came up to a Weaver, I was like, "How do I do it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like asking the volunteer, like, do I go over? Do I go under? It's just you just don't know unless you If don't. you want
0: to see a good video of someone doing the Weaver, phenomenal, that Ludwig. Mm-hmm. Holy macaroni, he did it in <laughs> about twenty seconds.
2: Oh, there I he goes. swear
0: <laughs> to God, he was so quick.
2: I think, yeah, definitely you'll see that from uh, the Scandinavian guys who have done those kind of obstacles a lot more.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, like the Danish guys, people have done the OCR Series, toughest race. Um, they have that kind of obstacle in them, those races, whereas UK, I don't think we have that, apart from maybe nuclear. No. Um, America, I've not really seen much of it in their races at all. So, yeah.
0: I think the other issue, and this is a conversation I was having with Ryan Atkins at the end of the 15K, is because nuclear done very well, sorry, OCR World, done what calling the obstacles something funny, mm-hmm. so not necessarily what you first think. You know, like James um, was saying, <laughs> was um, basically, they called one like Mud Mile, and all it really yeah. was was cover nets. But you're thinking, well, what's mudmar? What's mudma? you know, and what it really is is crawling under cargo. I think they either have to have a light, a little bit of an explanation of what each obstacle is, so these well, guys can think about it more. I don't know.
2: I think, yeah, they did. They had the athlete guide which had all the obstacles, but there was a one hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of obstacles. So yes, athletes, every athlete from pro to age group should be reading the athlete guide and understanding what the obstacles are, but I would not expect them to remember 100 obstacles. That is unbelievable if you could do that while also running at the same time. Mm. There is a thing in OCR that yes, there are some extravagant names given to obstacles, which is fun, definitely interesting, and it's nice to call an obstacle something. But this also brings up the question of standardization of obstacles across the board. Mm. Very, If it was right, this is a standard OCR obstacle, it's a weaver. It'll be in most OCR races that you'll do, and you'll know. But we don't have a standard sport, a standard format, unless it's... A Spartan race. You know what the Spartan race obstacles are going to be. You know what they're going to be, yeah. Unless it's the brands, they have kind of a standard. Like, toughest will have pretty much similar-ish kind of obstacles. You know there will be certain ones in there, OCR series. But when it comes to this championship event and they're moulding nuclear race, OCR series, four five obstacles, different ones, it's difficult, especially if you're place that doesn't do these obstacles or hasn't had a race from there to understand what they are. Mm. Some people will get confused, yeah. especially on those rings.
0: Yeah, 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 the the mud rings. Are they called queen rings, whatever they are? Queen rings. I've got a brilliant... Brilliant picture of Ryan Atkins going backwards and then saying to me, I'm stuck. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, Made my life. So I've got results then. So male um, results from the 3K. John mm. Alban in 1537. Uh, yep. Ryan Atkins in 1607. And then Sergi Peregrine in 1620. Um, with Thomas Van Tonder coming just behind that. And then that Pitar Lobodowski from Poland just behind him. Poland, so, yeah. Top, top five there. Pretty strong top five.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so. kind of, you're looking at it and you'd expect them to be in and around that top five. Yeah. Um, and then I think it's the you're looking at maybe the 15K. Um, second and third were just, would you expect them to be second and third? <laughs>
1: Do
0: you know, know what? I thought the results didn't really reflect the quality of what we had here. Like I definitely expected to see more of the Swedes and the guys from Toughest do a lot better. I thought that would suit them. Yeah. Um oh. and not, not taking away for anything from them, but not really there were they?
2: Well you've got some guys, especially I think the 15K was a bit more differing um and representing of them. What was the uh what was the 3K women?
0: So the 3K women you had Nicole Miracle in 1954 hmm yeah, Rebecca Hammond in 20 minutes, exactly. Nice. Lindsay Webster in 2017. So very close. And I tell you that, yeah. that was a close race. It could have been three of those three. Um, Lindsay just said to me at the end, she just didn't go out quick enough at the start. And yeah. felt like she then needed a little bit more to bring up, which you could see. She was the strongest. She finished yeah. smiling. She didn't look that tired. Whereas Nicole yeah. looked like she'd put the whole effort in uh and rebecca you could see she'd put the, you know like and it showed because the next day obviously then lindsay had that longer distance to to gain you know yeah
2: so who's the top uk female in the 3k then jack
0: okay so we had a stunning run really from becky randall uh also mm. to nuclear phoenix i do believe in twenty seven twenty two, and she finished 29th female she's so, a epic race for her really
2: Excellent. And moving on to the 15K? 15K. So Pro men? Pro men, top three. Jonathan Alban, 1 hour 27. Sergi Sillin in second place, 1 hour 27, 45 seconds. So there was probably about 25 seconds or something between John and second place. Close in the end. And third place, Theobald Devil Share Yeah. <laughs> Don't wish here. <laughs> um, from Evening. Belgium in third, one hour 27 53. Who came fourth, fourth and
0: fifth in the 15?
2: Fourth and fifth. So, fourth place, you had Albert Solly uh, from Spain. And then fifth was Nikolai Dam from Denmark, rounding so, up five.
0: That's a great race from Albert Solé, isn't it?
2: That uh, is a great race. Expert um, so- boy. Yeah, he did really well at the European uh, championships as well. I think he got some podiums there. Um the European OCR. So to see him come and do well at this race just shows his diversity.
0: And on the on the female side, obviously Lindsay Webster liking the longer
2: distance, she Yep, Lindsay took the fifteen K first position in one hour fifty one. 56. Then second place, Ida Stegardsen. Or Stegard.
0: From Denmark,
2: yeah. From Denmark. To, I'll tell you what, It's
0: the first time I've seen her race. She looks strong.
2: Yep. Yeah, she absolutely crushed it. She was still running very strong. Yeah. Um, so she was almost exactly one minute behind Lindsay, which is an impressive feat. Um, in the Third place you had Karen Carlson from Sweden in one hour 55 24 um, fourth Rebecca Hammond from America and fifth place Susanna Kotsamova in one hour 59 41 she's a great athlete as well. I'll tell you what that Ida she
0: <coughs> was she was on on skitch the same time as Lindsay, but Ida didn't love uh-huh. skitch. And that's where she lost that minute. I really there do think go. if she hadn't come off skitch, that would have been a foot race to the finishing line.
2: Yeah. So, um, we'll say the next UK female was again Rebecca Randall. Two hours, 19.58. Knocked it out she the park. She came overall 16th in the 15K, which is very impressive.
0: Awesome man, and let's do standout results because there was a few with the males definitely. Yeah, um, in the
2: in the pro wave, coming ninth overall, Daniel Corner from Team Nuclear Phoenix an impressive, impressive, epic result.
0: There seems to be a bit of a running theme here with Nuclear Phoenix doing well.
2: Ah <laughs> uh, well, at, at their uh, home ground. Yeah, um, and then. Look at the age groups, standout results. Uh Tristan Steed taking the title for category 30 to 34. My age group. Uh, yeah, old. <clears throat> um, and then... Talking he, of old. What?
0: <laughs> the next category.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 35 to 39, uh, James Burton, who we're going to have on the show in a minute. We're going to chat to James about his victory in that age group
0: that's a that's a great win as well isn't it and i that think is. those two guys i think tristan and james if they had raced pro they would have been top 15 which let's be honest is a yeah. great great effort isn't
2: it yeah real impressive uh, impressive feat from both those in the uh, 40 to 44 category um uk was well represented in this one um jason burgess taking the win and Dave Rogers taking third place. Crikey. Those two are machines, literally, aren't they? Yeah. Double podium on that one. Um, we'll pop over to the female side of it and see what we've got. On thing. So females age group, um, a couple of standout results from this one. Um, I'm just going to find the lady's name. And so, in third place, Monique. Monique, yeah, uh, from, from Phoenix Nuclear Phoenix. She was third in the eighteen to twenty-four category. That's so, it. yes, uh, epic podium for her. She should be very happy with that one. Um, and then we will see any other stand-up results from...
0: the female side. But you've also got the male side. You've missed one. You've missed. Um,
2: Bloody Alf, I forgot his name. Alf. Oh, from the younger ones, we were focusing on the veteran category. Let's go back to Alf. Yes, so Alfie Powell, third position in the 13 to 17 age category.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Excellent, epic result for him. I know he came fourth in the 3K the day before, so to jump on the podium on Saturday is amazing. He raised his little legs off. He did. He gave it everything. Seen him at the finish line, he looked like he had gave it everything. So that was good.
0: So before we go to the break then and introduce James, um, last word on OCR World Champs. What would you do differently next year if it's there again? What would you like to see? And are you going to race it? Has it made you want to race it? I don't know. We'll
2: have to see next year. Um, What would I do differently? Um, I would really like to see OCR... World champs have a on the day live feed, right. like they do at Spartan. Yeah, um, I think the course, if it's going to be at Nuclear, you can't not have some of the Nuclear obstacles. It's the venue. There are some pre-made obstacles there. Um, a few of the obstacles to myself are not championship ones, but it's not my race, so <laughs> it's down to the RD. Um but yeah, so to add add something in on the day, live feed, uh maybe a big screen in the village, um a few people out like they do at Spartan, following the athletes um and then some commentary for the race,
0: yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I agree there. I also would say it'd be quite cool, like you were saying, to bring this atmosphere up, to so mm-hmm. like more of a world champ race, I just felt like. Although there's a lot of people there and the rigs looked cool and the temp was good and it just lacked a little bit of a buzz. And I don't know what that was, but it, I don't know how you achieve it. Um but maybe maybe I don't know, did they have music? Was I they had music in there a little bit? Yeah, something at the finish line, I'm sure. Yeah. I I don't know, just it just lacked something. And maybe like you we were saying, and we we'll talk about this with James later, maybe it's because the venue is is nuclear. It is it's Brentwood. There isn't there's no ski resort, there's no There's no amenities, there's no big shoppings, it literally is just a field, and I think they probably made the best they could out of the field.
2: Yeah, I think they did excellent with what they had. It's very hard, Um, a lot of the other championship events have been staged at a resort, generally a ski resort, um, that has generally people staying in the location, there's shops, there's places to go out and eat and drink afterwards, I think When I went to Tahoe, most people were staying around that area. They stayed, they went out and ate, they drank in the facilities that were quite close to the event. Most people in Essex were staying in hotels about 30 minutes away, maybe a little further. Um, Some were staying next to the sugar hut. (laughs)
0: So, <laughs> Ryan Atkins. <laughs> he he sent me a message, he sent me a message that night, it was like, why is everyone Tangerine? <laughs> and, to Essex. and in Loafers. And, and in I loafers. just sent him back, mate, that is Essex. <laughs>
2: so
0: when I realised he was staying up near the sugar hut, I just thought, oh no, he's not going to get any night's sleep. And he didn't, him and Lindsay did not get any night's sleep. It's brilliant.
2: Yeah, so they did great with what was available. Um, Yeah, from a personal point of view, adding in a live feed with commentary, I think would make it another level, especially with the pro wave. And and Jack and Luke doing their media would be epic, wouldn't it? Oh, well, (laughs) who wouldn't want to go that far?
0: (laughs) Face for radio. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, excellent. So we're going to chat to James Burton next um, about his epic victory. In OCRWC.
0: Awesome! Guys, while we're taking a break, why don't you head over to our social media channels? You can find us at Instagram at OCR underscore audio, you can find us on Facebook at OCR audio, and you can now find us on YouTube. Just search OCR audio to check out our new vlogs. Please like, share, subscribe where possible, and very much appreciate it if you could possibly put us a review down on any platform. That would be awesome. Right, back to the podcast.
2: Right, so we come back from the break. We are joined by James Burton. James, how you doing?
1: Good, guys. How you doing?
2: Excellent, thank you. Good day, James. <laughs> Better than you?
0: Well,
1: not not as good as you, should I say? Uh, no, I'm still buzzing, and I'll be honest. It's uh, it was a pretty amazing weekend. Definitely went to plan, and uh, yeah, to pull it off on the day, pretty pretty pleased with myself.
2: No, yeah, uh, definitely one of the standout results of the weekend for sure. Um, in the 15k on Saturday. So looking at times, obviously one hour 38 14, champion of the 38 39 category. I'll be honest, James. I didn't know he was that old. But,
1: uh, <laughs> Young face, so a bit of a <laughs> receding, <laughs> receding headline, but uh, yeah.
2: So you got the baby face, but um, yeah. So champion of that age category at uh, the world champs must be pretty pretty chuffed. Still buzzing. Yeah,
1: still buzzing. I think um, it kind of was a perfect time. I only turned thirty-five in August, so um, it was kind of a it was the time yeah. to, to, time to do it. Uh, and I came eighth in the age category in Canada last year, mm-hmm. uh, so I knew it was achievable. But then I also looked at the time difference I'd have to make up to, yeah. get to first. So I knew it was kind of be a be a long year ahead of of training. So, so was know.
2: that the was that the goal since Canada last year, age group podium at the UK OCRWC?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I sat sat down with uh, Sam Winkworth, my coach, in December, mm-hmm. and that, that was the goal: age group world champion. And yeah. So, kind of when, it, when I actually finished, crossed the finish line, I realised I'd done it. I was like, oh, wow, we
2: did it. Yeah. Nice. That's epic when a goal was uh, Yeah, to- absolutely. Was
1: Especially. there,
0: in
2: your yeah. start
0: line, James, was there anybody you recognised from last
1: year? Uh, not from last year. Um, there was um, Luis uh, Barbe, a Spanish right. guy. I know he's done pretty well in OCR series and normally runs elite. So, I was kind of watching out for him. Uh, yeah. there's also uh daz and nick day Nuclear phoenix Yeah, yeah. those guys are pretty strong mm-hmm. um other than that i didn't really know any know any other of racers really so it was just trying to my my tactics was to get out early we had the wreck uh, bag carry pretty early on mm-hmm. so i wanted to get to that uh, as in a stronger position as possible i think i was third or fourth by that point and then really just run my race and just keep going so um yeah, kind of was in, in the podium spot uh from for the first 7k. Uh was going through everything pretty well. Uh, got to the stairway to heaven, which was probably one of the trickier obstacles. It's very easy to miss that transition. Um, and then got across that first time. And then um after that there's a nice little kind of nuclear section of about five or six obstacles, all very doable, but you know, you need a little bit of agility. And I, I managed to take first there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, yeah, last, I think, 7K in first. And it was like just having to tell myself, don't start thinking about the position now. Keep going. Keep focusing. Because Focus. it's so easy, that 50 obstacles to go at that point to make a mistake and uh, and lose your position.
2: No, but excellent stuff, man. Took it in. And I think looking at the times from the other guys, you were... A minute ahead of second place and about two minutes ahead of third. So, yeah, pretty convincing, <laughs> excellent victory time. So, from last year doing Blue Mountain to this year, Essex, UK. What do you think the differences were, like from the race? Obviously, there's a, <laughs> there's <laughs> a lot.
0: Of- <laughs> yeah.
2: What do you think? Maybe, maybe obstacle-wise, because Blue Mountain had. Different set of obstacles, whereas we had a lot of the nuclear ones at this race.
1: I think it was good. I think my, my one of my concerns was it was going to feel like a nuclear race. Uh, as soon as you walked into the to the village, the atmosphere. I told Rachel Ann, it, it felt like the world again. It I, I you know, felt that atmosphere. Mm. Um, clearly, uh, there were no mountains. Yeah, <laughs> which, uh, which you know, running running the hills is a bit of a strength. So it was kind of yeah. a, you know, it was a bit of a. I, I really enjoyed running in Canada and benefited from that but uh I think actually they had they had all the obstacles pretty much from Canada, you know maybe some modifications, adjustments, and then they had a ton of nuclear obstacles. They had the uh, strong Viking in there. Mm-hmm. I think it was like you got the benefit of some of the nuclear obstacles and the and uh, the the forest, which was gray and the traverses the, the the mud the water uh but then you got the world's obstacles on top, so I think uh all doable in their own right the, the obstacles but I think just the sheer amount caused people problems on the day yeah
2: and you mentioned there that there was like OCR series obstacles from like tough Bike and a few of those ones um I know throughout the season you went out and did a few of those races
1: yeah I did um I think three races I did Germany um I did Ghent in Belgium and also uh in the Netherlands one of them as well they were fantastic races I liken it to a cross between toughest where you've got the technique yeah. and then a spartan beast where you've got kind of almost a half marathon distance you've got you turning me on james Harry's, uh you would love it mate it's amazing uh i yeah i think toughest actually have have got a really strong competitor for like the top kind of competitive race in, in europe and that. i know Tibolt who came third in the men's one mm-hmm. ocr series uh, and it's getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention. I think only a few people from the UK did it this year. I did yeah. it. I think Dave Rogers, Jason Burgess, and Tristan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I'm suspecting there'll be a lot more people out there uh, this year because it's uh, really competitive and a, and a hard race. Nice. Was that that, was that
0: in your plan with Sam then to do those races ready for the worlds?
1: Yeah. Yeah, just being conscious of. Um, I knew there'd be like a lot of carriers like with rep bag. I probably should have done more Spartans this year. That's one thing I was noticing. Definitely um, that
0: red band looked awesome though, man. Yeah, well, it was I great. saw that. I was videoing it. And I was like, I wish I was in that red band. I, I, I wanted to be in it. It was crazy. Yeah. It made you want to through the woods and under and over. Is
1: pretty it, it was probably the best carry I've ever done with with all the different bits that had in it. It wasn't just a straightforward carry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with OCR Series, you've got the technical obstacles as well. So they've got you know, five or six pretty serious technical obstacles. So it was definitely part of the plan to to get out there be challenging myself against competitive races i managed to come top 20 in every race which i was pleased with completed most of the obstacles and I, I just had one penalty failure over the three races uh, so yeah part part of the game plan for sure
2: yeah now obviously in the uk we are a distinct lack of kind of those races so is it travelling abroad again next year to find some races like that to prepare yourself mix with a few uk spartans
1: yeah, I've, I've I've got. I was talking about races uh, earlier, actually. So I've got a list of toughest OCR series, uh, nuclear races, and Spartan. And now it's just trying to work out the calendar. Mm-hmm. And I did Tough Mudder this year, which I really enjoy, Tougher Mudder. Yeah. Um, but you only have kind of, I guess, most races. I know you did one loop, like four or five kind of people that have a chance of winning. Yeah. And I think also there isn't much change. Once you get into your stride, people don't really change position. So yeah, I think. Um, uh, I enjoyed the distance. It was good fun, but I think I'll kind of knock that on its head for, for this year. And from a UK perspective, nuclear races and, and Spartan. Mm-hmm. Come into the dark side. That's it. Mm-hmm. Try, try and catch you boys in Spartan. <laughs> so Excellent. So,
2: um, yeah, you mentioned the village before. I thought they obviously did a great job with having that massive tent, um, which enclosed some of the obstacles as well um how good was it going through those obstacles with like a crowd right there under the tent uh, like the force five rig
1: i think uh to be honest I, I think that's why it kind of all worked well i really kind of worked on the kind of mental side of my my running and my mm-hmm. focus so i kind of heard noises but i was really in the zone i think that's kind of where it all came together to flow so i didn't really notice yeah it's gonna uh, sound, where it was you sound like you're just gonna say yeah. ten? what ten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a 10. <laughs> but it was wicked for as a spectator and you know, being in there watching, um, it was really set up well. You got to see most of the big technical obstacles, um, yeah, mm-hmm. as as a spectator. Um and actually then on the on the Sunday when I did the team race, so maybe my, my mindset wasn't quite the same as Saturday. It was it was probably the opposite that I was uh more conscious of those people at that point. But uh mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a great kind of setup they had. So they did really well there. Mm-hmm.
2: So, what was your favorite obstacle on the race? You
1: pick one. Um, favorite obstacle? My favorite obstacle is not necessarily a hard obstacle, but I just love doing it. It was um, the Isotope to Dragon's Back. Because mm-hmm. I've got, like, I know it's a, it's a real kind of uh, mind fuck for people, basically, in terms of uh, you can see people stuck there, but I've got no issues with height. So, it's just like jump, 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 and just flow for the obstacle, jump down the fireman's pole, bam, 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 bam. Nice. um i love all i love all the technical obstacles like the wagon saga and things like that but i think that's my favorite obstacle it's just so much fun as, as well what was the worst obstacle <laughs> that's easy as well <laughs> um it's the i think they called it miles mud which if you've never ever done nuclear races it's about um five or six net crawls in a row yeah
0: so the, the trenches,
1: trenches. Uh, you've got the trenches first which are horrible and then you have the yeah, the, the monkey bars Near yeah. the monkey bars, exactly. It's just horrible. It's just like they make it really tight. You're crawling, your knees are getting cut up. It's, it's no fun. Uh, I enjoyed uh, skipping that on the charity race. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this, <laughs> yeah. I don't need a bat. I like my knees,
0: <laughs> I'm champion, don't you know?
2: <laughs> Excellent. So, would you say overall, would you class it as a successful? Event
1: in the UK, uh, absolutely. I think there's one probably big factor I'd say that worked in the favour, which was the beautiful weather. Yeah, uh, that helped massively. Yeah, you know, we had and uh, you guys were at Spartan where you had the beast on the Saturday, which was horrible weather, and then the Sunday was beautiful weather. The two comparisons by those days mm-hmm. when Windsor were kind of you know crazy. So I think. I'm just thankful that it was beautiful weather because who knows what it would have been like if it was miserable rain. It would have been carnage. I think if it yeah. had been raining, it would have been carnage, I think. Yeah. They obviously put in kind of things in place with sort a of big tent and stuff uh, to help with that. But I think overall, I think they did a really, really good job in terms of making it feel like a world's event, uh, mm. make, making use of all the new obstacles, um, having a bit of mud, but then going into water to wash it off um they kind of thought about that really well i think um in terms of how they structured all the obstacles um and really and really push the athletes with you know a lot of technical obstacles a lot of carries and and just a sheer amount of, of volume of things
0: mm-hmm. so it's normally a um, two-year contract james so we're expecting to see it back
1: there next year do you know the inside knowledge uh it, i guess that's the i think no I, no one's saying for definite uh I would, I would i think you're right it normally has a two-year setup isn't it and i think that that's the likely scenario i think um yeah i guess are, are they are they thinking uh, have we got it too good here with the weather are we going to be kind of hitting yeah. thunderstorms and hail or whatever in in 2019
0: okay so you're now adrian binada i've put in, i've given you the ceo uh, title what would you do differently next year if you could change it up
1: good question what would i do differently i think i not too much i think they need to work out a way to test some of the stuff um, I know they obviously do a lot of things to ensure the obstacles are, are right and the amount and mount throughput. But I think it's more tweaking like that in terms of they had issues with caterpillar, some of the carries in the fifteen k. Um, I think maybe add a couple more kind of technical obstacles. Yeah. Um, what well, to so get other races in? Do you think or? Yeah, I think if they could get other races in, um, that would be that would be amazing. Um, they 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 would they would need to change up a, a little bit just to add a bit more flavour. But I think overall, for me, it was a pretty perfect race with the, the combination. It felt like a bit of British OCR, but it had had the technique and technical uh, kind of side of it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we offered something that i was said this before. I think we offered something that most people didn't really know what they were getting into. So the guys that we spoke to after, especially the international crowds, you know, you you, you know, uh, Americans and that, they didn't quite know what it was going to be. Mm. And now they've got here, they realise what it's like. So Ian Jose was saying to me, you know, oh my god, it was tough, didn't suit me, but I want to come back and give it another go. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they now know that that's the style of racing it is like over here.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I think I, I got that from Canada the first year. I absolutely destroyed my quads with the downhills.
2: Yeah,
1: mm. uh, just wasn't used to that. So I had to do a lot of training to to be prepared. I think the one thing actually I would say in terms of what they could do differently is they could be clear on some of the obstacles that are coming up and then that would allow them to maybe make it a little bit more difficult. There was talk of strong Viking including a pegboard, um, but they only really announced, like that may be the case, about a week or so before. Actually, I don't think they even announced it, but I think it was just gossip. But, yeah. but if they had nine months, you knew there was going to be a peg port, yeah. everyone brain and prepare for that.
0: But this is the thing, I think, because we had it in England, they weren't really reaching out to the UK market. They were reaching out to the international market. So yeah. we had this on the podcast where we were saying, well, we've not actually heard anything about the, you know, it's too much. And I think that's because they were trying to reach out to everyone else and they forgot about us in England.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so no one was really, other than if you were down at Nuclear, obviously, and you boys obviously got the whispers of what was going there. But no one really knew what obstacles were going to be there. So it's probably a good shout. Like you say, you could you could actually do that, couldn't you? Like a lead up to the Worlds and you release obstacles so you can at least train for that type of thing.
1: And there was a lot of good, a lot of good races. I didn't even know about it in the UK. I was speaking to them at Spartan or in other races. You know, oh, yeah. is there? Like you say, unless you've already done a, an OCO, OTR Worlds before, it's, yeah. it's not common knowledge for everyone. No, not at all. Well, hopefully it will be now. And it's on Channel 4. Indeed,
0: yes, you can um, rewatch
1: it, <laughs> get up nice and early, um, five, five, isn't it? or plus, yeah, yeah you go plus one, general one plus
0: yeah. one, and then you get it at 655.
1: I've got two kids, so to be fair, I'm used to yeah.
2: yeah. um, <laughs> If there's any obstacles from Blue Mountain last year that you could bring to next year's race in the UK, what would they be? um okay any of those obstacles that you did last year in blue mountain that you think they would work great to add in, give it a bit more flavor.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of the obstacles that weren't there. Um, most of them were there. I know urban sky wasn't there, but then they had that from strong Viking. Yeah. Uh, the floating walls were awesome.
2: Yes. That's, yeah. the one. <laughs> that's the one I loved in blue mountain. That was great.
1: I was, yeah, I definitely missed that floating walls. That was, that was a bit like, uh, the, um, dragon's bat where it's doable. But it's Mm -hmm. just so much fun just going through it. Yeah, Yeah. that was a shame to have missed that one. I think
2: that would be an excellent kind of spectacle obstacle near the end.
1: They did really well in the team event, actually, uh, because usually the team event, the strength is just literally a rep bag. And the um, final bit together, you just go up a wall. Mm -hmm. so they did well to add um the strength was a few more obstacles and then they also for the um you went over ropes for the team together and then you did uh before you did like an atlas carry together yeah so that was really good a bit more running together
2: yeah i think that's good they seem to have developed that kind of team event a little bit more and they're trying to think about it to make it an actual thing because other than the Worlds and the European Championships, there's no actual race that has a team
1: thing. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's, it's getting there trust, though, isn't it? They're trying yeah, to Spartans bring it through. Yeah. It. Nuclear...
2: But,
1: sorry. Can do one? Nuclear Rampage, like the Nuclear Surge, they did a team event afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like, that was do really do, good fun as well, yeah. But no, absolutely. I think any, any RDs out there, I think the team event is always so much fun. I think an RD yeah. would do so well to kind of put that into a UK race for sure.
2: Uh, Yeah, I definitely think that's something that we could build on, have a few more team-orientated events out there. And then just put it on a date that everyone could do,
0: not a date after a major race. Yeah. (laughs) Or the day before a major race. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Scheduling.
0: (laughs) But, yeah, no, I think there's definitely a gap, and like we were saying earlier about these shorter races, there's a gap in the market for the UK for that thing. You know, someone came out and did that short course, technical obstacles, but running race with a team event, you've got it made. Yeah. Then you've got everything in the UK. Need more uh, races. Massive market there for
1: it. And you could you could probably get away with a short course kind of the day after a bigger event as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a smaller distance. Going to have some fun obstacles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't find short courses fun. I did the uh, the Euro short course, and although that was crazily technical, but I yeah, think this, uh, this sheer amount of obstacles is definitely something I need to work on in terms of uh, obstacle ability. That's why well. I think much better with the 15k, spacing it out a little bit.
0: So, in in sense of you talking about like grip endurance, there, James. So, like, was it your grip that was going, or was it you physically just couldn't keep up with the speed? Uh,
1: for the Euros, it was it was grip endurance. Yeah, it was just um, you know twenty meter rigs, one obstacle after the other. It was crazy, um, and just then, I guess, trying to get the heart the heart rate going with the, um, the running. I think on the team event when I did technique, yeah, it was pretty. It was. I think it was mindset. I wasn't really. My head wasn't in it. But it was also again just obstacle after obstacle, trying to run out as fast as you can, and then you just then you just slip on an obstacle and then you're out of the.
0: the unless you train like that, that's not going to be your game, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You yeah. know, I was, I was talking to one of our guys we have on the show about Leon, and he was like, "No, I'm all about the 3K." And literally, the last training for the last three or four months for him has just been obstacle sprint out obstacle sprint out obstacle sprint out whereas whereas his training partner who's been to the 15k has been a little bit different you know yeah. rec bag run a bit more come in so yeah it just really change your training and how it has to be i suppose
1: yeah no definitely definitely yeah uh, yeah the guy just you know rocks up and obviously he trains but he just trains uh, a bit bouldering bit of running and then goes and yeah. smashes it
2: right it's, what he wants. it's quite <laughs> funny
1: there's a section on the 15k when i was filming him and he'd
0: just come off what i call giraffe but and, um <laughs> It looks like a drunk. As he came off that, he went, oh, my my grip's going. And I went, what, on your shoes? And he went, no, no, my hands. And then he was like, don't worry, I'll just run a bit quicker. So literally, he just put a pace down. And (laughs) how can you have the ability to do that? So literally, because his grip was feeling a bit tired, he just picked up a pace. And he got that gap just by running. Mm. Like, how nice is that to have that in the bag just to go, you know what, I'm not feeling so clever. I'll run a bit faster yeah I, I mean he he came in and i know it was close in the end but in general he was he was although he was said he was struggling he, he i think he knew
1: yeah he i think he back. it took him a couple of times on sketch didn't it and yeah i, I think he that was time.
0: laughing and joking about it
1: yeah but you know so let's come
0: away from ocr worlds and let's talk future well the rest of this year what you got planned james
1: so i've got yeah i've got. Uh, Free race, I guess, in the build-up. So I'm doing Challenge Cup in a couple of weeks. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Well, that'll be interesting
0: because they'll see if they take a world's vibe on that. I don't know if the obstacles will
1: still be there. I don't know if they'll use... I, I think potentially some of them will be there, yeah, because because obviously it's only two weeks from from the world's to Challenge Cup. Yeah. So they they can't really change the course. Nice. So I'm hoping uh, things like Skull Valley and, and stuff will be in there, which will be good fun, and it will be a 12k race as well. So it's going to be even more obstacle dense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, yeah, that will be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to racing with uh, my new team on that Nuclear Phoenix, and then um, we- I'm I'm doing uh, Muscle Lake Mud Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, again, another cold race. I guess I've never done that before, but starting to build up to Spartan Iceland in uh, December, which I'm. Pretty petrified about to be honest, running for twenty four hours in uh in the dark.
0: Bearing in mind you're the sort of guy that
1: gets cold in the middle of the summer.
0: Yes. Um indeed. I'm a little bit petrified for you, tomorrow, so you to
1: boss <laughs> you. I think um I checked there's not really water up, so I just need to dress well. Uh, yeah, get the I right think it's kit. just
0: bitter, bitter cold.
2: Yeah. But what's um, the uh what's the aim for Iceland then? Have you got one?
1: Well, I'm you doing survive. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, survive. I think. Yeah.
2: Number
1: one <laughs> like my training like my focus train is only going to restart now so i'm not necessarily going to have the legs um but i think at least get to 50 miles um yeah. i'm doing age group um so just push it as hard as i can and, and just have some fun really i just i think i want to see the northern light so i'm just hoping yeah. that happens during the race as well um, yeah nice that'd be cool uh, and i hope that uh, i hope john does a trifecta uh uh, and then he's out there as well. Because it'd be good to see him going around. Yeah, John's definitely going to
0: Greece. Definitely going to Greece. So if he wins that, he'll definitely be at Iceland.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, this whole kind of business with Killian's a bit crazy as well. It's like, come on. Yeah. I think I, I listen to your podcast, earlier, and like John's absolutely right. Uh, qualifications to to keep the standard high, not to like prevent the yeah. top yeah. from racing. But that's
0: the problem. There is no there is no written rule, is there? So. Yeah. Killian's trying to say that there's a written rule that John can't do it because he hasn't qualified. But hold on. The guy's a world champion at this distance. Yeah. I think he qualifies for it. Absolutely.
1: Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think he'll definitely be out there if he can be. So um, I'm going to try and do some Spartan kind of focus things. I need to learn to throw a spear because I have probably the worst record in Spartan history <laughs> in spear throwing. I know <laughs> that. <laughs> I've thrown 13 spears and I've only landed it once. Holy. So, Sam, sort it out. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And then, um, yeah, just the carries, I think, like, bu- I need to get a bucket and just practice with a bucket. And yeah. I, I listened to one of your podcasts before, um, Jack, and you um, gave me the idea of of hiding one of those blocks in a forest mm-hmm. as well. So, Good. shit, I knew I should have given my secret away. Yeah, indeed. So, I, I saw one lying on the side of the road and I picked it up. So, I need to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say it again, I'll give my secret away.
0: It's not hard. Like if you're on your run and you're doing it, everyone has a run, right? Everyone, I've got a five, six mile run around here that you do pretty much most weekends or most weeks. You know, it's the same run. Hide something in those wet, where, wherever, hide, maybe not down the concrete road. Maybe that might not be a good idea, but if it's woods to trial or whatever, hide something and just take it for a run. When you're feeling knackered and you're three mile, four or five mile in, pick up the bucket, pick up the cinder block, carry it. You know, you'd be surprised within half a mile you're going oh my god why am I doing this why am I doing this but that's <laughs> the, that's the mental we're having a race don't we it's exactly where you get in a race do it absolutely I don't gonna... why...
1: you have to accept you're going to get some strange looks from people but I oh. I get, I get that already when I do I've got like a little circuit and I go for a little river yeah uh, and then, you know people see me soaking wet in the winter they're yeah, like yeah, yeah what's, what's this do guy do doing,
0: doing? <laughs> I'm the same thing I, I jump in the river occasionally um I just yeah I don't get it but
1: Hey, we're the
2: normal ones. They're the unnormal ones. We're not doing Spartan. That's yeah. it. That's it. So, after Iceland, is rest time for next year, James?
1: Yeah, rest time. Um, obviously, start setting new goals for next year. I'd already committed to myself, which was maybe a mistake, that if I did win, I'm going to go pro next year uh, at the Worlds. Um, yeah. Which I think is fair. It's like, if you win it, like, mm-hmm. unless, unless unless you're probably over 40, unless you're a veteran, I think,
2: <laughs> Even yeah, even... I-
1: even a vet maybe should go and give it a go. And I know, you know, Dan Corner went and smashed the. Oh yeah. The it. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go pro. My best finish was in 2015 in Ohio. I okay, came mm-hmm. 37th. Um, well, I did so some that. look
2: looking at the stats, and if your time, if you were in the pro wave, you would have come 14th. Yeah. So, so it does That's- bring that old question. You go pro, if you go age group, it's a hard.
1: It's a difficult one. I think uh, I think you know, I think it's it's different conditions to be fair. Like I was quite glad that I beat all the thirty-five to thirty-nine year olds, even in the pro mm. wave. Um, but then, you know, uh who's to say that if I was running at eight o'clock when it was colder, um I think there was maybe a couple of additional carries in the pro wave. Um who knows what would have happened in that circumstance? But I think, um, yeah, for me, um, I'm, I've, I've won the, the the age group. Now let's go pro. Let's try and beat thirty seventh. It'd be nice to kind of push that down further. And uh, nice, you know, it's good to say your are position in the world. So. Mm. Yeah. And I think um, I'll keep being very envious of um, the Spartan Euros as well because they're in some beautiful places. So I'm going to try and get to that wherever that is next year. Well. Come next year. Yeah.
0: Where is it going to be?
1: Any any ideas?
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't know.
0: Speak,
1: <laughs> yeah. <speak after> <laughs> um, uh,
2: no, that's
1: good. Back so. to your
0: team, James. You mentioned it there. So you've joined Phoenix this year.
1: Yeah, and yeah, kind of a couple. Yeah, a couple of weeks before the worlds. Um, now I, I had some great, great fun running for Mike's gym. Um, but unfortunately that kind of all kind of folded and um yeah um I was chatting with uh, the Phoenix guys always kind of always spent a lot of time with them all great guys and and they invited me to join the team uh which I was privileged to accept and no, it's been good last couple of weeks uh, you know, training a couple of times and getting to know them more and uh yeah, it's a strong strong team and got a good breadth for our um age groups um and then the the, the the girls are amazing as well so I think um hoping to, to push on and, and give the uh, obstacle machines a run for their money next year as well. Yeah, no, for, sure. for the rivalry. sure. Will you use their place to train then, James, over the winter? Yeah, absolutely. It's about it's about an hour and ten from where I live. Okay, so, so it's not too bad. Yeah, try and get there as much as possible. Uh, get to Wild Forest. Um, yeah, get you know, get as much specific obstacle training as possible, really. Mm. And what,
0: just you mentioned him already, this Dan Corner.
1: What do you think of him?
0: Do you think he can be a, a force to be reckoned with next year?
1: Yeah, I think so, and um, it's amazing. Like, he's obviously pretty strong from the kayaking. Yeah, um, that he's done. Um, but he's, it's it's funny, kind of seeing on some of the WhatsApp kind of chats in the group, he, he literally is learning obstacles and like it's yeah. like, okay, I do this and that. And it's like, but you know, I think he was ninth, wasn't he? And yeah, he's amazing. He's he's, so he's learning fast, He's learning fast. very fast. He's very very competitive, so I think he's going to really push on. I think he's just got a lot of
0: experience in that sort of championship, whether it be with triathlon, yeah. duathlon. He's just got a lot of experience with being there. And I've noticed when I've spoken to him now quite a few times, nothing a bit like John, no pressure. Yeah. No he didn't even know. So he's come over the finishing line, he came over that last wall, and he turned round to come down backwards on that last wall. <laughs> and Thomas Van Tonda, who is a uh, South African champion, you know, top, top, top athlete jumped off the top of the wall to beat him into eighth. And I was like, Dan, you like you were ahead of him. you were at the top to sprint. And he was like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He didn't yeah. even know. Lucky, like and this is what we were saying at the start of the conversation. No pressure means good racing because you just got you, just, you can just do your own thing. And
2: yeah. to me,
0: it just sounds like he's doing that. He's, you know, he's found a new sport that he, he's obviously quite good at. You know, he's learning, he's enjoying it. Um, the only thing I would have say is his age. Can he, can he, is he strong enough to continue? Gosh. What I mean by that is, really like, look, yeah. come on, James is, say, when we get to 30, you don't heal as quickly, you don't recover, you don't injure, you know, injury rate yeah. comes up. Can, if he can maintain and stay fit and healthy, boom, why not? But
1: yeah, he's, he's for sure he's going to be one of the best racers in the UK. I guess the question is, can he transfer that to like a world stage? And yeah. top yeah. 10 is pretty impressive, let's yeah. be honest, but sure, like to really sure. push on. But um, yeah, looking forward to learning from him as well as part of the team. Uh, so mm-hmm. achieved a lot already. That's
0: mm. no, good, man. Thanks. Thank you very much, James. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there. But it's been, thank you for taking time out. Where were you in Sweden, did you say?
1: Yeah, Sweden, in Stockholm, yeah. Nice. Uh, so back to work now in Sweden? Back, back to work, yeah. And then <laughs> I'm flying back tonight. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, training starts again uh, there the weekend.
2: Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Stay Thanks, family man. guys.
1: No worries, James, and
0: we'll, um, well, we'll hopefully see you out in Iceland. Yes. And we'll definitely
1: be uh, cheering you one for sure. Nice one. All right. Thanks cool. a lot, guys. Cheers, James. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye. Bye.
0: Spark What is your profession? <laughs> You've been listening to OCR Audio with Luke and Jack. See you next time.